Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, nerds? This is just a couple of Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wires fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in Season 3, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Alyssa! Jessica! We've made it! <laughs> we're starting Season 3! I can't believe we're here. Um, yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's been a journey, and we were just talking about this. You know, because, okay, so ev- before every episode, we kind of, like, huddled together and l- we're like, you know, what are you, like, geeking out about so we can talk about it? Or what what do you, like, think we should talk about for Small Talk today? You know, we've really struggled <laughs> because <laughs> we are just so into The Last Kingdom right now, like, rewatching and really breaking it down and, like, preparing for these episodes, like, for the podcast, that um, we have no lives. <laughs> <laughs> But thankfully, yeah, Reddit we have has Twitter, saved us. though. <laughs> right, right. Yes, we have Twitter um, and Reddit, which I just, I struggle with Reddit. But the stuff that comes from Reddit to Twitter really takes over my whole life. It It's like once you see someone post a Reddit post on Twitter, you're like, that's my day. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and it's true. You've got to try one, and avoid those. <laughs> like, I I should unfollow, like, the am I the asshole posts or the ones about relationships mm. because it'll just, like, literally, it'll derail my whole day. The one that we're about to talk about, my group chat was lit up about it all day. Like, it would be, you know, a few hours later, we've moved on to other stuff. We're both, we're all, like, you know, working our jobs. And then a couple minutes later, I'd be like, I still hate that guy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, or you um, just, like, you think about it and you're like, oh, my God. But then why would he do this? It's just, right. like, things, it's, like, pop up to you later where you're just like, yeah, you really are the asshole, dude. So, right. Alyssa, walk everyone through it because I know you've got the post at the ready. <laughs> <laughs> I found it in my Twitter rage. Okay, so there was, it was an Am I the Asshole post. And the title is, Am I the Asshole for Asking a Neighbor if She Wanted to Share Food? Which, <laughs> when you read that, it feels like... He's going to share his... Right, he's offering. (laughs) Listeners, that is not the case. He basically... Okay, so it's this 31-year-old single guy who lives alone in his apartment. And he talks about, like, how hard it is to live alone. And he doesn't know how to cook, blah, blah, blah. And he's on a really tight budget because he lost one of his part-time gigs. Okay, feel ya. I can, you know, I can sympathize with that. But... Instead of, like, you know, you know, tightening his budget, learning how to cook simple meals, he decides that the way to handle all of this is to ask his neighbor, who cooks a lot and it always smells delicious and all that, you know, whatever, he asks her if she would be willing to give him part of her dinner every night. And he, it's just, it's so presumptuous and it's so... It's just, it's really creepy, honestly. He 
because he says, okay, this is where Katie comes in. He, um, spoiler alert, he doesn't actually know her name. <laughs> He does not know. He has named her Katie. He does not know her first name. He says, I can always smell her cooking in the hall, and it always smells amazing. I know it isn't the other person at the end of our hall because it's a single old man. I've even complimented it a few times. So I got the idea that I'd offer her some money each week to cook a little extra and bring it over to me, or I can pick it up from her at night. She's cooking anyway, and then I'd have varied, presumably delicious food. So shockingly enough, when he asked her this, she was creeped out and offended. And well, he asked her multiple times because yeah. the first time she said, no, like, I just, I, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm too busy or whatever. And that mm-hmm. should have been the end of it. And maybe it wouldn't have been, I mean, it still would have been like, you're an asshole, but it wouldn't have been creepy, creepy. But he right. kept asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kept asking. He says... The next time I saw her a few days later, I asked her if she was sure and upped the amount I was offering, which was $5. $5, for her, yo. For her home-cooked <laughs> meal, 5 bucks. You can't even get, like, a combo what? from McDonald's from the, for that. Like, that might how pay dare for the he? spices. I mean, what? Right. where's that going, you know? Right. Is that for the labor? Is that for the food? I, like, I just don't understand what he thought $5 was going to get him. Yeah, and she said she was sure and that it was rude to ask, or it was rude for her, for him to ask her, and that she wasn't a housekeeper for hire and that I should get a housekeeper if that's what I want. She also called me a stranger, even though we've talked in the halls before. He literally admitted earlier in the post that he did not know this woman's name. You gave her a fake name, and I bet, I would bet my life that she is not a Katie. Like, no, she's someone no, else. <laughs> she's not a Katie. Overall, she made me feel like a big jerk and really embarrassed for even asking her and a little mad because she was acting like I was being creepy. This part is the worst. Um, it's in uh, quotes. I wasn't. Trust me, she isn't my not- type. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, take I, a second for that to, like, seep in to your uh, bones and your rage to build. Because yeah. that is the that is the tagline for every creep who's done something creepy, gets called out on it, and then wants She's to save face. Type. She's uh, not my type. I, I didn't mean it like that. That's her problem that she took it like that. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. He you ends can it be with... creepy without it being, like, overtly sexual creepy. Like, you can still right. be creepy. Right. Yeah, he he ends it with, I think asking her to split cooking wasn't completely outlandish since she cooks every day anyway, and it wouldn't be hard to make a little more. So am I the asshole? Buddy. Yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) And we all say yes. Yes. You are the asshole. Come on, man. Yeah. So this this post made the rounds on Twitter and everyone was rightfully horrified. And I just, you know, he even he he even exposes himself. It wouldn't be that hard to make a little more. Well, if it wouldn't be that hard for her to make a little more, it wouldn't be that hard for you to feed yourself like an adult. Yeah, like a human fucking being. It's just, like, that's a I basic skill. It is. And I don't understand people who, like, can't cook. Like, I get it if you aren't, like, you know, a Bon Appetit chef, whatever. But you can learn basic, basic things to cook to keep yourself alive. You know, like, mm. it's not roast some vegetables, you know, cook some doodles. It's really, really easy. <laughs> it's not, it's really not that hard. I mean, at, 
the simplest thing you could do is put like a piece of like chicken and some veggies on a pan and stick it in the oven for a bit. Like it's it's so it's easy. It's not hard. 400 degrees like 25 minutes, add some spices. It's inexpensive and very simple. So and please also, do. And also like we live in the age of the internet. Like as long as it took you to type this Reddit post to see if you really were an asshole, you could have gone on YouTube, found a few cooking tutorials and cooked yourself a damn meal. Like There you go. Come on. And this poor girl, I feel so bad for her because, one, she's busy. She's got a life. Maybe cooking for her is just an enjoyable thing that she likes to do. But if she were to say yes to this and say, yeah, I'll I'll cook you some food for this measly amount of money you're giving me. If for one night, for some reason, she didn't feel like cooking or she went out with friends or whatever— she would, there would be that, like, obligation to Ugh. tell him. So now he's a part of her life, this right. stranger that has just kind of barged in and said, cook for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, there's so yeah. many layers to this that it just makes it, a- anytime you think about it, like, really in depth, it's like, God, that would have been the worst if she said well, yes. Yes. Well, and it sucks for her now, too, because they're neighbors. Like, they're going to run into each other. They're going to pass each other in the hall. And now he has made it so weird. So weird. Like, and Ugh. now, and it's her that's going to be uncomfortable. Even though right. he he's the one who says, you know, I feel like such a jerk, he just automatically gets pissed about it. So mm-hmm. she's going to be the one that's, like, feeling that tension. You know what I mean? It's... Yeah. God, men, come on. <laughs> please, please. Learn I mean, what from... woman would ask a man to cook for her? Like, if the, if the gender roles had been reversed. Literally never. I can't, I cannot imagine just presuming that somebody would be willing to, you know, take care of cook such a basic meal. need. Right. And, uh, uh, just the entitlement is so frustrating. For and $5. And for you know $5. what else? It could, I... I'm a little upset on behalf of the old man because it he could have been him. He, <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe I, he's a great chef. He's a gourmand. Yeah, <laughs> I would honestly like because I am a young woman. If mm. I if I was this guy in the scenario, my first like thought would be it's the old man. He's probably retired. He's got a lot right. of time he's on got his head, time. hands. He comes from a generation where it was like. Cooking was a, you know, that was like an all-day thing, and like it was, you know, I'm sure he's used to like good meals and everything, Mm. and I would think this woman, she's tired, she's got a life, like, she ain't got time to be cooking. I would think it was the old man, so Mm. on behalf of him, like, fuck you, dude. Right, (laughs) It could have been him. Right. Well, I just... I don't think this guy really thought it through. He just said, oh, this is a woman. She obviously wants to be my new mommy, and she'll take care of me because she's a lady. God. Anyway, it's very... Men, like, you have your mom. That's the only one you're going to get. Like, don't look at every other woman as, like, a nurturing, like, caregiver. You know what I mean? Because we ain't about that. It's 2019. Right. Right, yeah. It's either mother or girlfriend, and he made it clear, you know, she's not his type. Not his so. type, yo. Hair uh, cooking is, though. <laughs> right. Mm. Oh, God. Fuck anyway. this, dude. Man, um, I'm, ladies, I'm, mad about this. I'm mad about this all over again <laughs> now that we've talked about it. I'm just like, oh, this guy. Come, I mean, seriously. The nerve. Come on. And you know what? If you're if you're single, if you're a young single man, here's a, here's a tip. 
If you're single and your goal is to, you know, one day find a woman or find like a partner in life, Mm. maybe learn to cook. That's a skill you can bring to impress, to take care of someone that you love eventually. Like, right. I mean, just invest in yourself, okay? Instead of taking the easy way out and saying, hey, here's a woman. She must have been born knowing how to cook. Like, no. Come on. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway. This is a teachable moment. (laughs) (laughs) And now we move on um, to a bunch of men who probably don't know how to cook. They probably not, but at the same time, I feel like they provide in other ways. So they're, they're not pulling freelancing their way. and <laughs> getting Burger King at the end of the day. <laughs> they're doing some real shit. Right, right. Division of labor is fine, just as long as everybody's doing their share. <laughs> and everybody's happy with their share. Season three, we're picking up. And lots have changed. Lots has like evolved. I think we're we've got a significant time jump. Yeah, it's been about five years um, since the end of season two. I'm so glad you like really pay attention to this stuff. <sighs> yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just like measure the time and like how sickly Alfred looks, and I'm like, wow, oh, it's been centuries. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alfred is. Alfred, there's been a significant drop in Alfred's health. I mean, haggard um, is the word I would use. (laughs) Yeah, he is struggling. But, yeah, so there's been about a five-year time jump, and we have a new villain, Spade, who is just, uh, like, here's the thing. I love lady villains. I'm all in favor of lady villains, but Spade is not my favorite. Turn away! It's hard. So <laughs> I I feel like the first time around, I, I really appreciated her, like, chaotic energy. So mm-hmm. so we open with, you know, meeting her. Um, <coughs> she is a seer uh, for mm-hmm. this Viking warlord, uh, Bloodhair. Right. Or Sigurd. But blood hair is so much more fun. Blood hair is more badass. We'll just um, Sigurd is his name, but we will refer to him yeah, by his chosen name, Blood Hair. His blood hair. Um, and so she's she's his seer, which means you know she's going out in the woods in the swamp and um, having her alone time, so she can really kind of look into the future. And uh, she's got this whole like uh, Burning Man <laughs> vibe. I think yeah. at one point we like talked about her like she's like the medieval post Malone. Like she's just yeah, she's very she's got a very distinct look. Is well, what I will say. The thing. Here's the thing. I think. The actress does a really good job portraying her, but I think her look is a little bit too modern. You know, Mm. like, she's just, you know, there are some actors that fit seamlessly into, you know, a a, a period setting, and you can, like, believe that they live there. Her face looks like it knows what a phone is, you know, and that, (laughs) like, and that... And that is, it's it's hard for me to reconcile that. (laughs) Her face knows what it looks like a phone is. That's what I'm going to, like, keep in the back of my mind. Anytime I watch a period piece now, it's like, if either she's, you have one of two options. Either you're Keira Knightley or you know what a phone is. (laughs) 
yeah. that's perfect. Uh, that's Kira so Knightley true, really, though. Kira Knightley really is the tops for I mean, married films. Put her in anything. Yeah, anything. Yeah. She's ready to go. Yeah, she. I think she does a really good job of being menacing and like you know setting herself up as a formidable villain. But I just she's got a modern look that I'm like ah, I don't know. She's a hard one to pin down. I mean, she mm. she definitely is going to be the big bad this season, and they set yeah. that up pretty well j- right from the get go. So she's, you know, she's having these vision visions. She's going to Blood Hair and telling him by like feeding him her blood and making sure none of the men look at her, which is a mood, you know. God, that's screaming, a whole mood. Screaming, no man is to show me his face. Yeah, yeah I I'll get take it. That. It's twenty nineteen. I get it. Across the hall, should <laughs> right. scream to that guy anytime he like sees her from now on. Like, don't you exactly. fucking look at my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So there's things to like about Skade, but oh, you know, yeah. she's she claims that she's seen um, the death of Alfred. Specifically, like we get a little like glimpse of that vision, so it's it's not like he's dying like his deathbed, like he's sickly. It's right. she sees he's dying him dying on the battle in battle, um, mm-hmm. supposedly killed by blood hair, and so she goes and tells uh, blood hair this, and that kind of rallies him and rallies the troops to start raiding again and to really start pushing into Wessex. Um, and we find out that you know when it comes to Viking war names, they are painfully literal. And yes. I'm sure you had a hard time with this. I literally, I have in my notes, killing an innocent horse. This guy fucking sucks. <laughs> I thought of you as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh my God, Alyssa. Uh, our horse girl. This is the oh, this is torture. Yeah he, yeah, he sacrifices a horse and puts his blood in his hair. And that's where blood hair comes from, guys. It's like so original. It's very little, literal. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, I just like. Can you imagine the smell after a while? You know, Ugh, like the smell you know. the texture. I mean, yeah. Ugh. They don't have like it's. I I don't think they're like swimming in soap. So it's probably just water that he's like washing his hair out in eventually. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's, it's when gross. You, when you really like deep dive into how these people lived. I mean, if you look past the surface of like. Oh, cool, bro. He's got horse blood in his hair. <laughs> You're like, oh, You're like, no. <laughs> the flies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. um, so they're ready to kind of march off. And as problematic as Skate is, you know what? She's a woman trying to make it in this Viking world. And she's doing her <laughs> and best. She's found her and niche. She's succeeding. <laughs> yeah. She's thriving right now. Um, she's leaning in. She's leaning in. And so, you know, we kind of jump from that to uh, back to Wessex. Mm. Um, Alfred. Alfred is grown. Or Edward Ooh. is grown now. Alfred Ed's, is Edward's not doing grown. well. <laughs> Alfred is withering away before our eyes. <laughs> um, the dark circles, the like gauntly skin, the throwing up at dinner. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's he's very gray. Yeah, he's yeah. He is so gray. Very gray. He's I had mean, a rough five years. I think he's aged like twenty in five. It's it's pretty tough to like see him that first time. It's like, whoa, dude, like what happened, you know? And um and he feels he feels like his impending death, <clears throat> I think. And I think more than like being obviously obviously everyone's afraid of death, even if you, you have beliefs like he does. Mm-hmm. But um I think the thing he's really afraid of is you know, whatever he's worked on not carrying on when he's gone. Because he hasn't seen, like, a 
a huge victory. His, his goal to unite England hasn't fully been realized. And I think he's very afraid that it's not going to be once he's dead. And that's a, mm-hmm. that's a you know, legitimate fear because Edward is still a baby, you know? Right. He's still a baby in so many ways. Yeah. Well, you know, we've seen, I mean, since the very beginning of the show, it's been very apparent that Alfred is, you know, his biggest concern is his legacy. And he's looking around and there's still not a united England. They're still facing new Danish threats every year. I really feel for the guy. Like, I can imagine looking around and seeing, oh, my son is, you know, he's knocked up a peasant girl, so he's not really ready to be king yet, you know, with the whole responsibility aspect. And, you know, we've got a new Viking lord trying to come and fuck our shit up. And so, yeah, I would be concerned if I were Alfred, too. Uhtred is still in his service, and we see Uhtred kind of coming and serving as kind of like a mentor to Edward at this point. Um, Trying to, like, man him up a little bit, get him ready. He's got this, like, really sick man bun and that shaved, like, (laughs) undercut. The dirt bag undercut. (laughs) It's my favorite Uhtred haircut. We are really leaning into this, like, thirst trap appeal this season. So, like, gird your loins, ladies. (laughs) They know what they're working with. And they're going to exploit it to the best of their abilities. You know what? I respect that. Even when he's kind of, like, dying, Alfred is so smart and he's positioning it so that not only does you know Uhtred continue his vision by helping Edward but I think he knows as like at odds as they always are I think he knows that if Uhtred spends enough time with Edward he's going to start caring about Edward and if Uhtred cares about someone like it's going to be hard to say no Yeah, yeah exactly and so it's a very, like, sneaky kind of manipulative way that he he uses Uhtred, who's still in his service at this point, to ensure that he stays in Edward's service once he's gone. Classic Alfred. Classic, Classic Alfred. Alfred. Just using and abusing. Um, and I we have to talk about, so while we're in Wessex, they have this little, like, dinner where they're talking about blood hair and how to handle him. Yeah. He- Heston is there. Fucking Heston, dude. I know. He, a place and at the table. Uh, it's so, well, and, you know, Alfred and Aleswith are, like, so eager to welcome him because he claims to be a Christian now, which, like, is so disingenuous on Heston's part. That man is still a pagan to his core. His wife and children are not, you know, hoping to take the veil or whatever it is, convert. And it's so transparent, and yet Alfred is so eager to believe that he's like, oh, yeah, like, this is a guy we can trust because he loves Jesus now. And I'm like, dude, come on. Open your damn eyes. You know what? I think it is, though, like, he is. So I think he's in a vulnerable space. And this Mm -hmm. whole thing of, like, I want, um, you know, I'm worried about my legacy. I want a united England. I want people to convert to Christianity. That really, like, I think that is kind of, like, warping his vision when it comes to someone like Heston. Because I feel like OG Alfred would have been able to see, like, straight through that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, that's how... In, in the beginning, Uhtred was a little bit like that. He was like, well, I've been, you know, I've been baptized a couple of times, whatever, you know, like. It's, right. <laughs> and he wasn't buying that. So I feel like if he if he had all of his wits about him, he would see that. But I think he's so mm-hmm. he's so focused on other things that it's like, eh, whatever, like, I'll 
I'll let it slide. Like, you're sure you're Christian. But right. what pisses me off is, like, has no one, like, has Ethelflaed told no one that he almost, like, raped her? Like, I have uh, no idea. I I mean, I don't know how involved Ethelflaed, that's actually a really good point. I have no idea of how involved Ethelflaed is in, in her father's dealings at this point. And so she might not even know. But, yeah, yikes. But I will say, I loved seeing Father Bayoka hate Heston quite <laughs> vocally. That was beautiful. <clears throat> Father Bayoka, um, whenever he does get a little uh, sassy, angry, yeah, he gets yeah. sassy, and he's got some good, like, he's got some good comebacks. Yeah. Um, so I, I did appreciate that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so the plan is for uh, them to kind of gather some men, they're going to gather some Mercian men, gather their own men, and um, meet at this, like, fort, and, like, come on the road and meet at this fort and, like, attack Bloodhair before he can kind of come into Wessex. Yeah. So, yeah, so they have this plan that they're going to kind of meet on the road, they're going to rally the the troops uh, from Mercy and Wessex and kind of head Bloodhair off before he can you know, really start this, like, invasion that he has planned. You know, Uhtred correctly assumes that he's he's not going to just attack. He's going to start raiding first. He's, he's going to start building his army. He's going to start collecting the silver. He's going to try to kind of cripple Wessex as he goes. And so the best form of attack is to just kind of head that off right away, get everyone together, and just, like, take them down. And um, it would be a good plan uh, if he didn't run into Skade first. Yeah, you know, they sort of send Uhtred and his guys to go and take care of Skade because they got word that she's, like, burning monks at this monastery. It's Not really cool. <laughs> um, but before before we get to that, though, we do need to talk about the last interaction between Isla and <gasps> oh Uhtred. Oh, my God. No, I know. I, you know what? My mind protected me from it because it's too much <laughs> trauma. I know. Oh, God. I know. So Gisela's pregnant with I think is their third child a sec- third their second kid. son and yeah it's you know we get this beautiful little moment between them just showing how over the years they've gotten even more they've become even more of a really functioning unit you know like they love each other they work well together they enjoy each other's company like it's relationship goals i hate that phrase but like it is especially in medieval times like that's right that's the bar like to set um and yeah and they're still i mean they've still got that like flirtatious like you know they they like to rib on each other a little bit and yeah um she's (laughs) she's very clear about the fact that this is the last right um which i feel you girl but it just as as like much as she joked about it, it was just like, oh, why do we keep saying this? Yeah. <laughs> like, they have a really good flirt-to-roast ratio that I respect. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, and and it's nice. You can see how the group has become even more of a family unit. Like, Tira's there with her, and they have such an easy camaraderie. And, 
you know, Osforth is in with the Cookham crew now. And it's mm. just, it's been a good five years for them, I think. And just these little interactions really drive that home. And yeah. So it's kind of a bummer that it's like, oh, well, you know, we got to have war for the show. But, like, they were having such a nice time. Look, if we could just, <laughs> if we could take this show and make it like a half hour sitcom. I would watch that. <laughs> about the Cookham crew. Yes. Like, I'd be totally fine with that. We can have Finnan and Citric and Osforth, like, go on the road and, yeah. like, Vikings and their baby monk and, like, have, I could you know, watch them talk about curses forever. Like, oh, my God. Come on, just let them have a nice time. <laughs> I know. And, like, have, like, the baby monk, like, explain, um, you know, English, like, words to the Vikings. Like, yes. I'm going to smite you. And smite uh, means. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wish, you know, that's a, that's a dream. But the reality is... Um, this is a cruel world <laughs> that right. they live in, and things aren't aren't going to pan out that way. And so, right. there's know, never going to be a really unequivocal happy ending. There's no. never going to be a musical episode. Like it's just a rough time. Wait, we're not getting a musical episode. I know, I know. <laughs> I wish. Because I feel like Finnan would like flourish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would kill it. Yeah. So they they say goodbye. Uh, in, in Winchester and and head off and um, Uhtred wants to kind of see blood hair for himself before he goes to meet Alfred mm-hmm. um, just because that's his way and he ends up kind of coming up on this village and so Skate they have raid, raided this village mm-hmm. and the the goal in any raid is to, to get silver so right. they take these monks and they're like, where's the silver? Because they know, you know, the church is taking up all the money of these peasants anywhere Mm. you go. And no one will give up the silver. So she starts barbecuing priests. She's got an interesting way to to ask for it. Um, It's pretty, it's, it's dark. At one point, I think it's even too dark for blood hair. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm going to go. You can yes. do this. I'm like, man, have the stones to, like, see what you've made, you know? Yeah, like, you've put her in this position. Like, this is kind of your fault. And, right. you know, he, like, ends up, like, mercy killing one of these priests that she set on fire. And she's pretty pissed about that. Mm. Um, and so he kind of goes on his way. And she's... she has spent, like, the entire night, like, torturing these priests trying to get to the silver. Mm-hmm. And by the morning, you know, blood hair is gone. She finally believes that, like, hey, maybe there's no silver. And poor that's Hubert. when... <laughs> poor Hubert. And then that's when uh, Uhtred and the boys, like, write up. Yeah, it's... I just... I knew, like, that Uhtred and... and her and Uhtred's me- first meeting didn't go well. Yeah. But I forgot, like, how, like, scared shitless he was of her. Like, he yeah. is... Yeah, it's I not think, good. Yeah, he recognizes that she wields a lot of power, you know, both in her influence, also in her position as a seer. And I think, you know, Alfred, or not Alfred, Uhtred is, you know, he's got that Danish superstition in him. And so, you know, he respects that kind of evil as a powerful, formidable force. Your path is the path I choose for you, Uhtred Ragnarsson, and your spirit is mine to torment. He's seen it at work in his his past, like, experiences with Sears. I mean, I think mm-hmm. back to, like, Story. Yeah. Just have not been good. So I think, and and Story, you know, if we think about Story, he was like, I just felt like he was such a bumbling idiot. But he was still able to to kind of influence things mm-hmm. and, and do things. And so to see 
someone like her who is has the same abilities but is just so you know focused on destruction and mayhem and just like stirring shit up yeah it's scary and then she she has a you know throw in that she has like a dude's heart in her hands right and she's saying i curse you i've aligned with the three spinners of fate and you it's like no ours joke. are entwined right i mean she comes on strong with the curse like, yeah you i gotta mean Utrid is scared finnan is grabbing his cross necklace <laughs> and it's like guy. right like it is no joke yeah i i mean i too would be like eh Cover her eyes, yeah. shut her mouth, right. find her hands. I don't want to see her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and while that's all going on, you know, Alfred sent word to Mercia, and we get a little check-in with Athelred, and he's still awful. Still a um, dick. Some things don't change Still a dick. Such a dick that I think Aldhelm is even starting to tire of him. And he's been his, you know, ride or die for a season now, but I think he's... He he, I think he thought that Athelred would sort of assume more of a kingly role when, in fact, he's just pouting on his throne and sending other people to do his dirty work so that he can call his wife a whore. Like, that's, yeah. ugh, <clears throat> awful. That's his whole existence. You should be leading your men. I do not wish to hear the whining voice of the so-called Lady of Mercia, which is why I prefer you to spend time at your own estate. Then I shall leave you in your peace. I think you're right, because I think... At Helm, you know, he he wanted that power, and he mm-hmm. he did a lot to get him that power. He I mean, did. It, he's the reason he's on that throne. And yeah. then to, like, see all that work, like, kind of be for naught, and, and to see him just kind of, you know, wasting away and not leading his men into battle and, and whining mm-hmm. about Edward still being alive. I mean, that has to grate the nerves. Like, yeah. come on, dude, grow or up. Alfred, Alfred still being alive. Yes, yeah. Alfred still being alive, sorry. All these names sound the same. It's fine. Um. Ethelred, Ethelred, <laughs> Aylesworth, Alfred. Like, we love the A's. Um, right. So, yeah. So, of course, Ethelred is going to step up and lead these men into battle and yes, um, she's wearing show up the, her husband. Yes. She's wearing the medieval equivalent of a power suit. Like, she's, yes. she's doing just fine. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, and I think she's really beloved by her people. You can tell, like, with how willing her men are to follow her into battle, even when her husband is, like, skulking in his hall. Yeah, this, and ha- so she's, this can't be the first time that she's done this. No, no. And so, you know, you can see that this dynamic, like, Athelred has really tried to punish her, but because of who she is and how she presents herself and how hard she works, it's really backfired on him. Like, nobody would pick... Athelred over Athelfled at this point in time. No one. Yeah, I mean, you know, congratulations, you got some power, but, like, if you don't do anything with it, if you don't earn that respect from your people, it's all kind of worthless. So enjoy your throne and eating your grapes and just, like, bitching and moaning (laughs) about everyone because we're going to be over on a hill doing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, on a hill doing stuff. <laughs> Interpret that stuff. how you will. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the, the what last this kingdom is. summary. <laughs> yeah. So I think the the plan is for you know instead of Ethelred, Ethelflaed is going to lead her men into battle and yeah, kind join of her dad, join her dad, and you know see him before he kicks the bucket. And her dad is you know back at this fort. Do you know where we are? I know the I saw the um, name, is but it, we're somewhere. Is it is it Ethendom? Ethendom? 
That sounds right. I don't know. I get I get the names mixed up or the Whatever. place names mixed up. You guys are somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> right. They We're have skate they have skate captive and Alfred wants to see her and he wants to meet her. And you know and I wonder you know, the fuck why. <laughs> You know, he's going to also do that classic Alfred thing where he wants the benefits of pagan magic while also condemning them. Yeah. So, yeah, like, after they've sort of, you know, tried to figure out what they're going to do with Sigurd, now that he doesn't have Skade, Alfred goes to go and meet with her, and she basically tells him, you will not see another summer, but you will be remembered for unifying England. Mm -hmm. So, I think... In terms of what Alfred expected to hear, that's kind of the best case scenario for him. Well, okay, so I interpreted that because what she, she says, like, he will not see another summer, which he had to know he was not long sure. for this world. But she also says you'll re- be remembered as the first and the last, like, king of the Saxons. Yeah. And so that made me think, like... That's true. That's a little more ominous. Yeah, like, either that could be, like... Yes, like you're gonna have a united England or whatever, or it could be like you're you're it. Like when you England die, dies with you. everything yeah. dies. Because when he turns away from her, like he's he's got tears in his eyes, like he's obviously upset. And so mm-hmm. it makes me think that's how he at least interpreted it. But he does enjoy the summertime. Oh, I'm a mom. I mean, don't we all? Not <laughs> not down here, honestly. Like just a side note. Um, Winter can come any fucking day. Any time. <laughs> I'm so tired of being Look, sweaty. I've, I've given up hope that we're going to have a fall, but we better right. have a winter. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. So, she's kind of stuck in, in this um, underground cell, and, and Alfred comes and visits her, and here's what he needs to hear. And uh, she propositions Uhtred. Um, starts screaming. Starts creaming, screaming for her lover, blood hair. <laughs> She's a lot. <laughs> yeah. She's a lot. She's high maintenance by medieval is. standards. By any standards. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's, you know, screaming for blood hair to come save her and desire her or whatever. And everybody's just kind of sitting around listening. And Athelwald starts to, you know, stir the shit as he tends to do. Um, talking about, you know, Edward's got this girl pregnant, this guy Sigurd loves her, and so it's really messy. And Utra is just like, dude, get out of my face. Why are you here? I hate you. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I think last season I kind of forgot how in the background Athelwald was. I, I rem- since season three was so fresh to me, I remembered him so much more as a schemer, and this episode really reminded me that, oh, yeah, he's always trying to cause problems for everybody all the time. Um, yeah, so, like, Ethelwald is, he's definitely, like, the wannabe, like, little finger of the show. Um, he He's not getting a lot of respect at the moment, just because, like, like, dude, don't, like, you know, try to, like, stir up shit while this woman is, like, screaming in the background, like, to her lover to come rescue her. Like, we're all trying to just ignore her right now. Like, you're putting—it's too much. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. pick, a, pick a different time. But he's he's clearly—I think we see with the kind of decline of Alfred and the rise of Edward, I think Ethel—Ethel Wald— Wald. Ugh, the Ethels. Ethel Wald is, like, really starting to realize, like, I'm this never going to be king. Yeah, yeah, like, if I don't do it now, it ain't going to happen. Right. And so he's kind of, like, 
you know, ramping up the the shit stirring a lot this episode. Um, and that continues on into season three. So, like, get ready. Us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Athelwald's there causing problems. Skate is there, you know, telling Uhtred you will soon have need of a woman, which is like very ominous and then like, uh. <laughs> yeah like get out of here <laughs> um and then blood hair shows up and he is mad that they have skade so he starts slaughtering innocents in front of the gate and surprisingly that does not go over well well because it's like women it's all yeah. women like come on it's dude. awful it's awful. first horses and now women oh <laughs> uh, this guy fuck you <laughs> um so yeah so Uhtred you know Uhtred, uh, he's so good at reading people. He and is. He he's, knows if he, he has, brings skate uh, out. Exactly. He's grown so much in this regard, it makes me so happy. Because at the beginning of the show, he couldn't read anything. No, he could Nobody. only see himself. Like, it was right. all about him. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Uhtred, he's come so far. It's a glow up. Love him. Yes. What a glow up. Emotional and at the <laughs> follicular level. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Um, so he, he brings Skate out and kind of, like, parades her around a little bit to, like, just piss blood hair off. That ends up, they're they're able to kind of, uh, I I guess I would say, like, trick. I mean, it, it's it, you get someone so, like, upset and, like, He's so uh, clearly, like, blinded by his obsession for Skade that yeah. he's like, yeah, I'll do whatever. And so they kind of get blood hair to to go full in on this, like, battle with them. And it doesn't end well because, you know, our girl Ethelflaed's got to show up and save right. the day. And that's right. what she does. Yeah, exactly. So, like, Uhtred takes some guys and they, like, flee well, they pretend that they are fleeing and they leave like silver behind to really make, you know, blood hair think that they're panicked. And so they ride on ahead and they meet up with Finnan and Athel Fled and the Mercians and they're like ready to face them with that. And they've got the hill, they've got the shield wall, like the, you know, the, the, it's, it's an ideal situation for Saxon victory at this point. And then, you know, they're fighting Blood Hair. It's starting to look kind of bad because Blood Hair has more men. And then Alfred, who snuck up behind them, shows up with his troops and they just wipe the floor with them. Yeah, it's a it's a good, you know, kind of battle to really kick off the season. It's a really good battle. I, th- I feel like this this felt like the biggest one they've done. Like, I know they've had some that are more important, but these were big armies. You know, it just it felt the scale felt bigger with this new season. Yeah, and it also, I think that, like, it added to that, you know, no, having, we had so many players in this battle. We had Uhtred and Alfred, and we had the Cookham crew. We had Ethel Fled. Um, yeah. We had, you know, Bloodhair, Blood who's going to be this villain, Skade. Skade. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of people involved. Like, yeah. A lot of characters that we're going to see again, and so. Plus, it felt big for a premiere episode, you know? Yeah. Like, this, you know. First episodes of seasons are usually kind of just, you know, easy resets. But this one, this was like, no, we're going to throw you in it and we're going to go to war right away. Yeah, like it's um, it's a it's a kick in the ass for sure. And yeah, I liked it. Like, I, I appreciated it. I, yeah, it really sets the, the tone for um, season three. And sadly, yeah. something else does. And I, don't I know. Talk about it. I know. It's awful. So they're victorious in battle. Blood hair abandons his men, but they like cleaned out the Danish troops like they're toast. Right. And so they're that's riding. the good news. That's good. And so they ride back to Winchester and Hild is there and you can tell from her face that she has terrible news. And the bad news is that Gisela has died in childbirth. It's 
the worst. Their baby is safe. He had a, you know, they have a son, but Gisela didn't make it. And it's just, ugh, it's devastating. And Uhtred is clearly, like, torn up about it. Like, she was the love of his life. And it ends with him, like, weeping over her grave. And it's just, it's just awful. It's awful. I must go to her. No. No, I must go to her. She is gone. It's hard. Like, I, the first time around, I didn't, like, view it the same way as I did this time, which was I got so angry just because I understand you know, in that time, a lot of women died, died in childbirth. That's completely accurate, you know. But I hate... But it feels like fridging. It feels so much like fridging. And I, I'm so tired of that. And, know. you know, I've really, like, come to love Gisela and yeah. see how strong she is and how important of an influence she is on Uhtred. And now mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm very worried about where he's going to go this season it, just in terms of his, like, psyche and, and, and how he's, like, thinking about things. Because mm-hmm. when you have a loss, like, that big in your life, it's like it would it would throw anyone into, you know, like, a depression and into chaos. And yeah, it a, really unmoors you. Yeah, especially this dude who's just been cursed. And, yeah. <laughs> like, he's, you know, still kind of stuck working for this king and not back in his ancestral home. And now he's lost his wife and the love of his life. And... God, I would I know. I'd probably like fuck some shit up if it were me. Yeah. It'd send me into a dark place. Yeah, exactly. I'd and I'd embrace it. So it, it was a I loved the the battle. I wish we could have just ended there. It was a hard I know. It was a hard way to end the episode. But it, it really felt like, you know, in terms of story, in terms of like where we're going, it's like we're just gonna throw we're gonna throw everything up in the air. Like you're not gonna know what's happening. And that's yeah. that's always an exciting kind of you know, premise for a show in in its sure. third season, especially to be like, we're just going to kind of maybe throw out the rule book a little bit and see where it takes us. And so that's exciting. I wish we did not have to lose Gisela to do it. But there's I don't see a way that we could have had Skade and Gisela this season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's there's going to there has to be, you know, Skade's influence is going to be more than just this curse that she's laid. Mm-hmm. And and for right. Uhtred to really fall victim to that. He he can't have Gisela because Gisela would have just been like, dude, like, what the fuck? What's wrong her. with She's you? Stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. Like, that's just that's a superstition. Like, don't believe her. Like, so, right. I mean, we should have known when we saw Skade in that swamp. I know it was it's over. devastating. I know. All right, should we move on? <laughs> yeah, let's do it on that sad down note. Yeah, sorry, we're so depressed about it, but it's, it's <laughs> bullshit. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Okay, guys. So now it's time for our next episode wishes. This is when we issue the demands for upcoming episodes, like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, go ahead. Um. So, yeah. So we talked about how this episode was like, it's a rough introduction back into the world of the Last Kingdom. Like, we lose Gisela, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, and, you know, while I hate to give credence to the fridging trope because it's the worst, her death will have a major effect on Uhtred, and... You know, how will he handle this loss now that he's older, you know, a more mature man? How will he, you know, will he lash out like he did in the past when faced with tragedy? Or will he handle it with a bit more grace? And so, you know, as shitty as the situation is, it does put Uhtred in an interesting place to watch. And so I'm I'm kind of, I'm curious to see how that unfolds. Yeah, I can't say like I'm excited, but I... Right. It'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting. <laughs> Just still so I depressed. know, we're just like, oh, Gisela. <laughs> Guys, let's get through this and then we'll get to our slang of the episode. Maybe we'll like get a little bit like peppier. Right. Pep in our yeah. step. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I certainly hope that Uhtred, uh, you know, finds a way forward and, and that doesn't involve a ton of drinking and whoring, which was like his MO when Zolt died. It worries me because like Gisela is just so much more important than any other woman in his life. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? I think unfortunately Skades she's got her like hooks in him already and mm-hmm. uh that curse it it threw our boy for a loop. So I hope he kills her um and quickly and God help him if he decides to bone her because uh, I will lose my shit. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Jessica, who is your arsling in this episode? Okay, so you took mine, um, so I'm, I'm excited to hear you like talk him up. But so I'm gonna take, mm. I'm gonna give a shout out to our girl Ethelfled this episode. Yes, you know, homegirl has been putting up with that weasel of a husband for years now. I hate His him. His disrespect is just grating on her last nerves, and yet she still has bigger balls than him and decides to lead his men into battle while he just sits on his throne and bitches like a little baby. So that's a true queen. I want only the best for her, and if Ethelred could, you know, die this season, I'd be so happy. Uh, yeah, I just, she handles she handles him so well in a way that manages what he does to hurt people while also making him look and feel very small, mm. and I, I respect that. That's like, a gift. That is, that's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ethelred, I totally get it. Mine is Finn in this episode. Yes. You know, he was always there with a quip and a cocky look. And you know I love it when he, like, slings his sword over his shoulder. Oof. It's just, it's a lot. Mm. And, you know, he came in clutch by bringing Mercia to Uhtred's aid. And he just, he was the ideal right-hand man for Uhtred in this episode. And he's going to need that more than ever now. Um yeah, so, like, the cooking crew in general could qualify this week. You know, I love Osforth. I love Citric. Like, they all work so well together. But Finnan Finn was the MVP. Oh, for sure. I mean, mm. they are really—they yeah. know what works, and they are leaning into it this season. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of true with everything this season is they know what really works so well on the show. And so they're like, all right, this is what we're going to focus on. Yeah, I think especially relationship-wise, like, between yeah. the cook crew and, you know— 
even in the interactions between like Alfred and Uhtred, I think we we have like um, we've established some boundaries and and how these characters feel about each other and you know it's all very lived in and so mm-hmm. yeah it makes everything I mean there's like that one point when they're in that village and before they like go off to kind of kill these guards and get scared Finnan and Citric just like bump like swords <laughs> just so good I love I that love part. them like, oh. I love them there's just yeah. like those little details that like really matter. Bros will be bros no matter the century. You Just know? bros broing it out. <laughs> Get ready to shame none the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. Alyssa, who was your turd this week? Oh, Skade. God, mm. I hate Skade. Like, she, she's, a, I mean, she's a good villain. Like, I hate to, like, be like, uh, because she's doing her job really well. So I'm like, you know, whatever. Of course, we're supposed to hate her because she's the villain. You know, she, you know, she immediately throws everything into disarray with her curse. And she's, she's very, you know, sadistic for sadism's sake. You mm. know, like, like you said earlier, like, even blood hair was like, yikes. Yikes, so, girl. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, I'm all for lady villains, and she certainly does a good job of making the audiences, you know, hate her immediately, but I'm ready for Uja to take her out. I mean, whether or not it's true, it looks like she cursed Gisela, so that <laughs> gets you on my shit list. Get she out of here. She definitely cursed Gisela, or at the very least, she spoke into being, like, something right. very bad she put her. that She put that evil out into the universe, God. and that's just unforgivable. <laughs> thought you were going to be like, she don't you? Put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby! (laughs) (laughs) That's what Uhtred should have said to her. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. She's just bad news. And it's like, watching her stir this shit up again, it felt a lot less fun this time around. Um, Mm -hmm. I think just because we have such a a heart for Gisela now. But I think... If I have to offer up someone else, it'll be blood hair, only because he's the reason we have Skade. Um, right. I don't see... I mean, blood hair seems like a really like capable good warrior, and he can mm. lead men into battle, so that's obviously dangerous. But also, he abandoned his men in but battle and fled, he, so... Yeah, and, and he's so obsessed with this girl, like, mm. that any... Like, the most important thing to him is to get her back so he can, like, hump her and, like, have her visions. You know what I mean? It's like Mm. he'll risk his men. He'll risk anything for that. And so that's, like, a—that's a huge weakness that you don't want to have when you're a Viking warlord. So he's my turd because, you know, one, he's a bad dude, but also, like, he's bad at being a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, worst of both worlds. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. If you're going to be a bad guy, at least be a bad guy. Be a bad guy. We've said this from the beginning. (laughs) Right. Don't be all wishy-washy. Come on. (laughs) Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. Would you like to kick us off, Jessica? Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think some would say that this was a dry episode. Um, but to that, I will simply point to any scene with Finnan slinging mm. that sword over his shoulder, making a quick yeah. joke, killing the bad guys, that heavy Irish accent, the new haircut. I mean, everything's working for him this episode. So that yeah. works for yeah. me. 
I would agree. I mean, you could say that about any of the Cook'em Crew guys. I think everybody's had a glow up between seasons. And yeah, I think to me, the biggest, thirstiest moment is Uhtred's dirtbag okay. undercut. I get it. Like, it's his best haircut. Like last season, we had to deal with that bob with the middle part for a while. And I feel like this is our reward. I agree. And you know what? I think the show knows that too, because... The, like his entrance is the back of his head walking into right. They're like, here, look at this. This is good. Yeah, <laughs> see what we did. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So thank yeah. you, the Last Kingdom. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. I think it's safe to say we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We annoy our friends, our family, and now you, our devoted listeners. Welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching and reading. So, Alyssa, what are you... I know we've struggled I know. <laughs> because we just this have is... no life other than this, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about... Have you been watching the new season of The Good Place? I haven't. I can't... Oh. I'm... I've... There's so many things... Are you things. not a Good Place fan? No, okay. I am. But there's so many things that we're saying goodbye to this year, and it's I know, starting to bother me. <laughs> I know. You know, this season has been really good, and I think what I like about this season is it hasn't been afraid. This is going to sound terrible. It hasn't been afraid to make the characters suffer a little bit mm. um, in that, you know, it's not afraid to make, like, it's our last season with these, you know, this group that we've grown to love, and the characters are so good. And I think they're doing a good job in not just making it fan service. Um, they're really, like, the stakes feel real, and they're doing a good job, especially with Eleanor this season, like, working as, you know, sort of a stand-in architect. And she's dealing with, you know, everything that happened with Chidi and trying to save humanity. Like, there's a lot on her plate, and they aren't sort of shying away from showing how that's not just fun and games. Mm. And while still being a sitcom, like it's a sitcom, but also they're trying to save humanity. So there is a certain weight There's to it. There's some stakes. <laughs> there are stakes. And it's just, I, I love that show and I love those characters. It's one of those shows where I can't really pick a favorite because at a different point in time, they're all my favorite. Yeah. Um, and, but at the same time, while I'm sad that it's ending, I also really respect that they're ending it because it's such a high concept show that I think if it's not one of those shows like, you know, Parks and Recreation or 30 Rock or The Office that could just keep going forever, but they're ending it before they run out of track. And mm. I really, and I love that. And so it'll That's a be, hard thing to do. It is. It's a really hard thing to do. You know, Schitt's Creek is doing the same thing. And I'm like, I want these shows forever but I'm glad they're going out while they're still good. Right. And on their terms. I think that's the most important yeah. thing. Is yes. This is they're what ending they it how they want to. to. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I love Janet. So. Uh, Janet, <laughs> I, I love Chidi. I love, I love Jason. Oh, Jason. Uh, Jason. He's so stupid. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, but yeah, so... Yeah, that's my geek out of this episode. Okay, a very worthy geek out. Um, mm. I have been watching this new show on Fox. It's called Prodigal Son. Um, is that good? I haven't watched any yet. The Honestly, the only new show I've been keeping up with is Stumptown. Okay. Oh, my God. Is Stumptown good? <laughs> yeah, I actually really like it. Like It's got um, good, good reviews, and, and people yeah. seem to be enjoying it. 
Yeah, like I'm not normally like a cop show kind of mm-hmm. person, but I like Colby Smulders is so good. And I have a huge crush on Jake Johnson ever since New oh, Girl. And yes. so there's just there's it's the the cast makes it really good. And sure. the, the writing is fun, too. Maybe that should have been my geek out. I don't know. Geek <laughs> <Next> out. <time. laughs> geek out part two, Stumptown. It's actually pretty good. So there you go. But yeah, what I have watched Prodigals. <laughs> what a good recommendation. They should put that on the commercials. <laughs> right. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Prodigals, but I mean, it's okay. So it's like, it's, it's a very procedural like cop show in the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you boil yeah. it down, it's like a new murder every week. So whatevs. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that doesn't appeal to me. But, um, it's the, Michael Sheen, right? Michael Sheen. Yeah. So this is the continuation story that it so it's got a case a week, but then it's also got a continuation story that like goes throughout the episodes. Um mm-hmm. and that's the interesting part of this show, which is so Michael Sheen um plays the surgeon. He's this guy who he was a doctor and turns out he was like a a low-key serial killer and Yikes. his family found out his son was like 12 years old when they found out um his wife is played by bellamy young like no one mm. knew um and so he's he's been locked up and they haven't seen him and spoken to him for like 20 years and his son um whose name is malcolm and he's played by tom Payne, which he was in the walking dead um he played jesus I think I like quit The Walking Dead before, before Jesus he, came. I get yeah. it. <laughs> a lot of people did. Um, yeah. He's the son. He's like grown up now. He's an FBI profiler. And he's got so many fucking issues because of his dad. And a, some of them are because he's got these like repressed memories of things that, you know, happened that he his brain has kind of like, you know, blocked him from. Because it was so much trauma to find out that your dad was a serial killer. Um, yeah. And so there's a lot of time missing in his childhood. There, He has, you know, these, like, terrible nightmares that are, like, are they nightmares? Or are they memories? So a lot of, like, the the investigating and stuff is, like, trying to figure that part out, which is way more interesting than any of the murder cases. Um, mm-hmm. But they do an interesting job of, like, doing the murder cases, too, because it, he's the profiler. So he comes at it from, like, the attacker's point of view like the the person who committed the crime instead of like from the victim's point of view so that's an interesting like angle to take there's something about it it's probably michael sheen (laughs) because i can't say no to him he's so good and he's like having a hell of a good time playing a serial killer i feel like that's just been like michael sheen's past few roles like on the good fight he was having a great time on good omens he was clearly having the best time and so i'm glad he's enjoying himself (laughs) right now he's entered that part of his career where he's like you know what i'm only gonna take roles where i'm having fun you know what i mean yeah (laughs) but it's it's so fun because it's 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 over the top there's a lot of drama in it but it's just anytime he's on screen and he's like doing his thing, you know, it's like he, he's got the best jokes. You're not supposed to like this person. But I mean, then don't cast Michael Sheen as him because right. it's just it's so good. So, yeah. And uh, Tom Payne is a really good actor. I like that, you know, the the lead character has a lot of, you know, mental health issues. And mm-hmm. there's no like, you know, oh, one one day maybe like. You know, a lot of shows when they have characters that have mental health issues, they're like, oh, well, you know, we'll be able to fix it in the end or something. Like, it yeah. feels like there'll be a happy ending. Like, that, mm-hmm. I don't think that's how the show will ever end because it's just like, it's kind of an accepted thing. Like, he has some mental health issues. He's dealing with him them the best way he can. Like, yeah. that's that feels more true to life. So I appreciate that. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, go check it out if you like murder stuff and Michael Sheen. All right, I'll have to watch it then. There's there's that show's tagline. <laughs> murder stuff. Do you and like Michael murder Sheen. and Michael Sheen? Watch Prodigal Son. <laughs> dun dun. <laughs> I don't know why I have like Our- the Law and Order like. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think of when you think of murder. It is. You're right. All right, guys, if you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at SciFiWare Fangirls. We've got links to everything below this episode. And until next time, destiny is all bitches.